day out there to all people, except those of you who like licorice gum. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me, for the last time, at least talking about Goosebumps, is just Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Hey, Brandon. It's just so boring today. I gotta say, we're gonna have just a massive drop of unsubscribers, because you were just like, fuck off, people that like licorice gum. Um, you know what? I'm 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 all right to take that hit. Okay, I mean <laughs> we don't need those kind of people. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Please um, stay. I'm doing okay. I got I got to say though, Brandon, like when is this the second time I said I got to say? Anyway, when we were watching the episode, Kim was like, "Do people even like is licorice gum a thing?" And I was like, "I don't fucking know." It was Ron Oliver. Who knows what it is? <laughs> right there next to pizza. Waffles. Some pizza waffle business. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They put they make it in the Calvinator. I don't know. <laughs> Um, you know what? I never bothered to look it up before, but I am going to look it up now. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, like they're it. gummies. They're gummies. It's not gum in the sense that you know you're blowing bubbles with it. It's Here, just like gummy bears, but licorice. I saw. Hold on, I saw a three pack that is Stimerol chewing gum, licorice flavored. It's sugar free. Mm, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't have it in Australia, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> They're like people here love licorice a lot more. Ah, uh-huh. see, I just like um, I just like Jägermeister, so I haven't had that in a really long time though. Tastes like black licorice. Oh, let's get some Jägermeister gum. Ah, I chew it anyway. <laughs> oh, how are you, Brandon? What'd you do this week? Anything dope? No, just playing games still. What are you playing? Making up for lost time playing games. Did you beat Elden Ring? You know what? I'm still playing Halo Infinite. Still? And yeah, it's long. Like, there's just so much to do. But honestly, I feel like I'm kind of getting bored of it because it's (gasps) like I just wander around the world and it's like there's a group of enemies and I'm like, I just fought enemies like 30 seconds ago. I'm just trying to get from (laughs) one side of the map to the other. Just leave me alone. Poor baby Brandon getting bored with his old video games. Oh, man. Yeah, so video games suck. Uh, I'm quitting them again. Yeah, fuck video games. Why don't we just have a book club? Remember when we were going to do a book club and then we never did? Uh, Vaguely. It turned into a video game a, club. and then it, We did a video game club. <laughs> and uh, that started out strong and then petered out. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Maybe we should bring that back. <laughs> well, you just got to find the right game, man. Well, it's your turn to pick, right? Minish Cap was just the perfect game to start with. It was really good. Anyway, we, we can't talk about video games. I know. We talk about video games too much. I know. We're boring. Uh, what did I do this week? Oh, my gosh. So um, my son is in like a more advanced karate class now, and um, he's with like the bigger kids. And he was so nervous about it, but it turned out really good. He loves it. But I got some hilarious videos of him with some nunchucks that I just kind of watch over and over again and laugh at. He's been really silly lately. I have to send you some stuff. Yes, please. He's hilarious. Like, when he thinks nobody's watching him, it's so funny. (laughs) It's the best part about having kids, not gonna lie. Like, if you have kids, (laughs) put them in karate because it is hilarious. (laughs) Has he been, like, having any fights with other kids? Well, he does sparring, but nothing, like, crazy. Nothing like, oh, here's your karate match. No, not like, Kick all right, ass. one-on-one, we're all going to watch you in a circle. Like, none of that. He's he's only seven. <laughs> so, 
Never too it's early. Not like, it's not like Fight Club. <laughs> you know, children edition or anything. <laughs> and if it was, I wouldn't talk about it, Brandon. You can't. That's against the rules, Cortland. I know. What are we... Well, like? We gotta delete this. Delete this podcast. Ah. We'll start from the top. Start from All the top. right. Hey there, everybody. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, dear. <laughs> is what you meant to say, right? Oh, oh dear. <laughs> All right. We gotta rein this in. Cortland. Okay, okay. Cortland, we're here for season four of Goosebumps, the final season. The final season. We're in the final stretch, and it's a pretty short one, so, like, we're almost yeah, done I, at this point. I know, like, we're just, like, we're running out of fumes at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, we're Goosebumps. in the victory lap of Goosebumps. <laughs> the encore final presentation of Goosebumps. Crazy. Yeah. I can't believe we're almost done with it already. I feel like I say this all the time. It doesn't feel like that long ago that we started Goosebumps, even though it's been, you know, a year and a half, I think. But gosh, we got to start thinking about what we want to do next. And I know it's wild. Gotta make, but I, make I sure feel like right we've been thing. saying that for like the last 50 episodes. Like, I know. Ooh, what are we going to do next? Goosebumps right? is almost done. What are we going to do? <laughs> but now that it's come, we actually have to think about what we're going to do next. Got to make sure it's something good that people are going to actually want to listen to. So, there's a lot of horror anthology out there. I don't know a lot about some of them. They probably suck. Gotta make sure it's the right one. But fuck that. We're talking about Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here to talk about Goosebumps still for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you got a little couple more weeks of us talking about Goosebumps. <laughs> so, today, we are talking about part one, because these are all two-parters. Yeah. Part one of How I Got My Shrunken Head. Yeah, but first, I want to talk about the intro, because while the intro that I saw on my computer is the same intro as season three, I believe, on Netflix, the season intro got updated, and it's not as good. It does still feature the dog a little bit, but I don't think it does any barking. It's just, like, quick clips of, like, season three stuff. Well, that's lame. I know, right? But I figure we should probably talk about it a little bit, because, like... It does change, and the intro to Goosebumps is probably one of the best parts. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes it's literally the best part. When that dog goes, bark, 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 I'm like, yes! Yeah, they just want to get that intro out of the way now. Yeah, they're, they're like, like fuck All that right, intro. It's, it's Goosebumps, you know what this is. <laughs> this woman's hair gets flattened, you know. <laughs> You've been here for 70 episodes, you get it. All right, Cortland, now that the intro's out of the way. Okay, I got that what, fucking intro. What's next? <laughs> yeah, just like the show itself. We're just like, all right, get that out of the way. Yeah. Now. What did you think of this episode, Cortland, overall? Let's see. It's a two-parter, so, you know, get some negative points there, but I want to say that about four more times. <laughs> so, uh, I actually kind of like this episode, Brandon. I thought it was fun. Okay. I, I think I liked this episode quite a lot. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that I like this episode quite a lot, while also saying that the story and, like, the actual plot is kind of meh, whatever. Right. But the directing and the acting, well, some of the acting. Yes. Is just so entertaining. Yeah. So well done that I just really appreciate how this episode's put together rather than what it's actually showing me a lot I of the time. I feel like, so Ron Oliver is the director, and, I, yes. you know, last episode I was like, oh, what are you looking forward to see in season four? And I was like, Ron Oliver, you know, like his charm. This episode is like peak Ron Oliver, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The jokes are hilarious. The acting is great, uh, for the most part, like you said. 
And the setting and stuff, like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't understand a lot <laughs> of it, but um, it leaves me excited for part two to see what does happen. And I think that's kind of what the point of a two-parter is to get me excited, get me hooked. But just the jokes itself, they're so funny. I just, I mean, like, I was laughing out loud while I was watching this multiple times because it's good. Yeah. Like you said, this episode is just dripping with Ron Oliver charm. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that all the episodes are like this. I mean, it's horror anthology. Like you get those Ron Oliver episodes where you have like full moon. And this is like full moon level of like campiness and just silliness. And I, I appreciate it. I can see how it would be boring as a child where you wouldn't quite get these jokes and they just don't land as, as well. But as a 33 year old man, it's good stuff. Thank you, Ron Oliver. I'm looking forward to seeing more of your collection. Yeah. Watching this as an adult, it's like, all of these episodes, I'm not watching them to get scared. Nah. The way I might when I was younger, like, ooh, goosebumps, this is the scariest thing. Like, now, none of it is scary. So, when it tries to be scary and fails, like, that to me is like, nah, whatever. So, when it goes all in on the camp, I'm way for it. Ron Oliver has developed this love of camp for me, and I'm just so appreciative of him for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about the episode from the top, Cortland. Let's do it. All right. So this episode begins, like a lot of them do, at fake night. Yeah. We see a boy of about 10, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. He opens the door of his home <laughs> and yells, Hello? Anyone there? This kid, right away. I like this kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right from the top. That's such an odd thing to just yell out at night to no one. Like, like let's say he hears a knock on his front door. It's a delivery driver or whatever. He opens his door. It just screams into the night. <laughs> and then he laughs at himself. Ha! Very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this kid. This kid's great. I don't know who he is, but I'm really excited to meet him. <laughs> So he, he turns to go back into the house, but then he notices a parcel on the porch. Yeah. Wrapped in brown paper and string, covered in stickers and stamps and stuff, it's addressed to him, Mark Rowe, and it's from Aunt Benna, with the return address being somewhere in the jungle of Balladora. Yep. So, a couple of things here. First of all, this is how he got his shrunken head, so episode's done. <laughs> Answered that question. Yep. Um, second, Belladora. I'm going to say without even looking it up, that's not a real place. <laughs> now, it is a real place in Sri Lanka. Okay. Is it really? Yeah, but it's, uh, hold on. Let me look up maps really quick here. Am I in Sri Lanka? No, I'm still in the United States. <laughs> it's a city in Sri Lanka. It's not like a an island inhabited by, like, cannibals or whatever. Like, it's, um... Hold on, we're gonna get we're gonna get geographical right right now for a second here, you guys. All right, I'm gonna cut this up so it actually sounds good. <laughs> okay, so there is a city in Sri Lanka, which is an island off the coast of India, that is called Belladora. However, wow. However, we do get to see because, like, spoilers, he goes to Belladora, and it's an island because we see it like on a world map kind of thing. It doesn't actually exist, so. This is a fictitious place. Yeah. I think 
Arl Stein just got lucky. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to make up a gibberish word, and then it turned out to be a place that actually exists. Well, it's not the first gibberish word in this episode, so... <laughs> I mean, it's the first one, it's not the last one. <laughs> yes. But anyway. So yeah, uh, episode's over, we found out how he got a shrunken head. It was Aunt Benna the whole time. Alright, mystery solved. Done. Easy. What's the next episode, Brandon? Uh, part two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mark takes the package inside, and we see his bedroom, and drums start playing as the camera shows artifacts and collectibles all in a jungle theme decorating the room. Yeah, this kid's into, like, the zombies of, like, the pre-Romero zombies of, like, witchcraft and voodoo and, you know, actual live people just doing what you want them to do kind of thing. Yeah, he's into that sort of stuff. There's, like, spears and masks and drums he likes um tribally stuff also i'm gonna mention mark's haircut yes let's mention mark's haircut (laughs) it is like the most perfectly sculpted mushroom haircut i have (laughs) ever seen yeah he is insulated (laughs) his head is not gonna get cold this kid is wearing a helmet of hair it's it's a coconut yeah it's almost beautiful (laughs) in its (laughs) atrociousness (laughs) <laughs> but it's great he's rocking it he is rocking it. and he plays he just he he wears it well <laughs> mark puts the package on the bed and then looks around for something to open it while he's not looking the box starts moving on its own mark turns around and of course it's completely still then but when he turns around again it moves again and when he looks this time the box has opened itself and it looks as if something has torn its way out. Oh, shit. What the hell did you just send me, Aunt Benna? <laughs> so we're like 30 seconds into the episode now, and already this is happening. It's great. Really just, yeah. like, gets right to the point. Like, uh, Teacher's Pet, it was like 17 minutes before <laughs> anything even slightly supernatural or otherworldly happened. And now, there's just stuff right away. There's just fucking shrunken heads. Because that's what it is. Spoilers. Suddenly, there's noises all around Mark in his room, and things are falling down, and something is moving. Mark picks up a tribal spear with pink feathers on it, and he looks under the bed. He sees a decaying human head with glowing green eyes, (laughs) and its lips sewn shut, and he screams us into a commercial. Yes. I love it when he screams us into commercials. Goosebumps is great for that. I love being screamed into commercial breaks. Yeah, Goosebumps... Also, 95% of the episodes, the first commercial break is somebody being scared and then we come back and the thing that they're scared of is like a prank or something not scary. But Mm -hmm. this is legitimately a levitating, shrunken head. We are three minutes into the episode and we already have a levitating, shrunken head. And Three minutes into a two-parter, which is unheard of. So when we come back from the commercial... Mark stops screaming and stands up, reaching for the door. The head peeks out of the bed and levitates towards him, and he yells, and then gets the door open. Mm -hmm. Standing there are Mom and a man, wondering what's the hubba, and Mark tells them, It was chasing me! It's alive! Alive! The camera moves down to the shrunken head, which is now sitting peacefully on the zebra-striped bedspread, looking more like a toy now. A bit, yeah. Mom says to the man, Ed, I'd like you to meet Mark, my son. And the next thing we see (laughs) is Ed's car tearing (laughs) out of the driveway. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mom runs out of the house and yells, so you'll call me? Oh my god. What the fuck? It's so funny. It is. <laughs> this is when I was like, oh man, this is so Ron Oliver. It's so good. This mom alone is so funny. Her. She's so great. I love it. She yeah. is so great. It's a shame that she's not more in this episode. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, this this happened and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love it. So you'll call <laughs> me? <laughs> Sweet, desperate mom. <laughs> <laughs> After a beat, Mom grinds her teeth and says, Mark! <laughs> Good lord, inside, I love it. Inside, Mark is just spinning the shrunken head in his hands. Mom walks in and says, Thanks, Mark. The first guy I've met in a year and a half who isn't a jerk, and now he thinks I have a crazy kid. <laughs> and I'm going to have to dis- disagree with Mom, because that guy was a jerk. I mean, that's the point of, like... <laughs> If you're just not, you're just going to fucking zoom out of there like, yeah, you're a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, like not even, you know, play it cool and, you know, just leave. Find a reason to leave normally. He was like, oh, fuck no. Yeah, he was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Tripping over himself. (laughs) So good. Oh, man. I just, I love it. Because I'm sure this is exactly how it was in the book, too. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Mark insists he's not crazy and asks why she doesn't believe him. Mom tells him that what she believes is that he fell asleep with the human head in his hands and that he dreamt the whole thing. But Mark isn't so sure. Mom takes a look around the room and says to Mark, Surprised you don't have nightmares all the time. Look at this place. I didn't argue when you wanted a palm tree or the leopard skin rug, but a red ant farm? This stuff is getting out of hand. Good Lord. That's the line, Cortland. <laughs> An ant farm. This well, kid's wild. Uh, let's see. Do they have red ants in Australia? They probably do, right? Yeah, they do. I um, I know they have them in like Florida. I've never seen a red ant, but I hear they bite and stuff. So I guess I understand. Like if those if those got out and turned giant, the world would be doomed. Yeah, I mean, if they got giant, that's a big if. <laughs> it can happen. We've seen it before. Mark isn't listening to any of this. He's on a computer playing a game where an explorer on a vine is slowly dropping into a pit of crocodiles. And Mark is yelling, Kalia! 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 And he looks fucking crazy. Mark, he is crazy. (laughs) It should cut to mom peeling out of the driveway. Mom's having this heart-to-heart conversation with him, and he's just like, Kalia! Kalia! It's mashing a keyboard on his little laptop. And this video game looks ridiculous. It looks awful. Mom comes up and shuts the game off. And Mark goes, Mom, you killed me! And Mom says, don't tempt me. Oh my god. I love That's it. So that 90s like um, parenting style where you just sit there and threaten your children. That's great. It's perfect. Uh, nobody had any trauma growing up from that kind of shit. She asks what this Kalia nonsense is, and if it's a foreign swear word. And Mark tells her, no, it's a word he made up, and it makes him feel stronger. I'm sure that won't come up again. (laughs) This kid really does seem, uh, crazy. A little bit bonkers, yeah. Yeah, he's just like, it's my power word. 
Kalia! Why does this kid need to be strong to play a video game? Uh, well, I don't know. He probably uses it to, like, lift all the shit in his room around, you know? Because apparently mom didn't help him decorate in the slightest. No. Just like, get whatever you want. He's like, oh, I gotta move this tribal wardrobe. Kalia! <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened. That's how he made it up. Mom gets all sassy and tells Mark, if you're feeling so strong, maybe you wouldn't mind Kaliing up the place. <laughs> Good one, Mom. That's what I'm here for. I love Mom. <laughs> she, t- she tells Mark that she wants all the jungle shit out of the room. And she doesn't even want to see a coconut unless it's sliced up in a fruit salad. Or placed gently on his head. <laughs> as hair. Mark. Mark picks up the shrunken head and tells it, thanks a lot, before setting it on his desk and going to sleep. Alright, like, maybe 40% of that was the shrunken head's fault. Everything afterwards was all Mark. Seriously. (laughs) He's the one that sat there and jammed on his video game for a second. (laughs) He's the attention span of a a fucking, of a coconut. (laughs) All the shrunken head did was, like, make him scream once. Everything after that. (laughs) It's all Mark. In the middle of the night, while Mark sleeps, we see quick flashes of a jungle, like a python, some vines, and then a woman standing with her back turned to the camera, surrounded by balloons. She turns around and she's holding a cake with the words, be careful, written on it. Mark sits up, awake. And she's got sunglasses on. Yeah, that'll come up, I'm sure. Doubt it. Mark shouts, Aunt Benna? The phone in Mark's room rings once, and Mom yells, Answer the phone, Mark! Hold on. So, like, he goes to sleep, and Mom takes a shower, because she comes out, and her hair is all wet and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the phone is ringing, and she's like, What the fuck, Mark? Answer the goddamn phone! But you demanded that Ed call you later. So it could be Ed, so why would you make your son answer the phone? It's not Ed, but... Yeah, it's not him. And why is, the, why is the phone in his room? Shouldn't it be in, like, the living room? that's just where the phone is. Whatever. She walks into his room, like you said, just out of the shower, and she says, well, thank you very much, before picking up the phone. She's like, damn, the kid was asleep. (laughs) On the phone, Mom is like, hey, Benna, how's it going down there? Met any nice crocodiles lately? God, Mom, you were on a roll. (laughs) She says, yeah, he got the package. Honestly, Benna. A shrunken head? Couldn't you have gotten him a nice sweater or something? Mark tries to reach for the phone, but Mom shrugs him away. But Aunt Benna wants to talk to Mark, though, for some reason. So Mom reluctantly hands him the phone, telling him to keep it short because it's long distance. Do you remember that, Cortland? Long distance? Yeah. Well, I never actually got any long distance calls, so... No. <laughs> we didn't ever have to worry about that. We don't know anybody that's outside of the immediate area. Nowadays, you could just, like talk to venus oh my god right i could talk to australia of all places wow i know so so far away mark gets on the phone and starts telling her about the dream he had of her there's some mumbling on the other end of the line and then mark is like whoa really mom aunt benna wants me to come visit her on the island of balladora mom takes the phone back and is like benna what the fuck you want me to send my son to a strange island on the other side of the world for two weeks Meanwhile, Mark is in the background already getting dressed to head out. Mom takes one look at Mark with his dumbass mushroom head and says to Benna, 
When? <laughs> I love it. I love it because she's like, are you joking? You want me to send him to a dangerous island for two fucking weeks? <laughs> and then she thinks about it for a second, about the fact that she doesn't have to worry about Mark. Well, she doesn't know, care for Mark for two weeks. She looks at him for a second, turns back to the phone and goes, when? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Mom, you, you little rascal. She's so fuck? awesome. <laughs> she can get her date on. She's gonna be a good oh, two weeks. I feel like her. this is a form of child abuse, but I love it. <laughs> I wish the the camera stayed with her and we see what what mom was up to. She's gonna get some no. head in later. <laughs> okay, maybe we don't need to see everything she's <laughs> be an entirely to. different episode. Uh, R.L. Stein wrote that as well, <laughs> but it didn't make me do an episode. It's a steamy romance novel starring mom. Mark walks by a globe on his way out of the room and spins it. From the side of the screen, an airplane is overlaid, flying from one side to the other. When it leaves the screen, the globe lands on the island of Balladora. Yes, the fake island of Balladora. Did this remind you of uh, Boy Meets World for a second? <laughs> I got Not even a little was. bit. The intro to Boy Meets World, the original one. I feel like there's like a paper plane that flies around a globe or something. There is. Yeah, that's what I remember. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your own personal pilot. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. Become a patron at patreon.com slash private island for as little as a dollar a month. You'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I've finished editing. On top of that, higher tiers get more stuff like stickers, t-shirts, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Tristan, Redemption, Eddie, Venice Witch, and Preston, the Silver Goth, Steven, Shane, Mr. Normal, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Day, Sarah, Matt, Faith, Derek, Angela, and Christy, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at PRBT Island and on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast. We make tons of content for every episode we cover, like GIFs, memes, videos, games, and more. Every Wednesday night, starting at 7.30pm Eastern, we do watch parties for full-length episodes of horror anthology shows. For a link to our socials, the Facebook group, the Discord server, and more, check out the episode descriptions. If you'd like to interact with me live, check us out on our Twitch channel, that's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I go live pretty regularly during the week. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this themed dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for joining us. We are already on the fourth and final season of Goosebumps. I cannot believe it. Anyway, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. We fade into Balladora International Airport. And the terminal is filled with, like, chickens in cages yep. and goats. And everyone is wearing those, like, cone rice, rice, rice hats. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like this... This would probably be racist if Balador was a real place. <laughs> yeah. Which it's not, even though it is. But yeah. it's not It's not that place. Exactly, yeah. Fucking goats and shit. What is this? <laughs> Mark walks through looking like a caricature of a 19th century explorer. <laughs> and he's stopped by an old man. With a chicken in the cage, yes. Yeah, of course. Kalia, 
Kalia, the man says. Mark is like, what did you say? But then Mark gets distracted by an Elvis oh, impersonator boy. behind him. And when he turns around, the man is gone. What the fuck is happening? Why is there suddenly an Elvis impersonator? Was this in the book? I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> I never finished this book. I remember starting it. And I remember seeing the cover of this book all the time. But I don't remember. I don't remember if this character's in it. That's fine. It also just seems very Ron Oliver, so. Yeah. But it's made it up. Yeah, I think it's made up. But hey, you know what? Somebody, DJ will let me know on, on Twitter in a couple of weeks. So, it's fine. So, as it turns out, this Elvis guy named Jimmy is Mark's pilot. Mark asks him why he needs a pilot, and Jimmy tells him it's too dangerous to drive. Mm -hmm. So Mark asks, your plane is safer? And Jim strikes a pose, saying, nope, but it's faster. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy sitting in a big chair behind them that has an eye patch on, too. And I don't know if that's Ron or not. Might be Ron Oliver. That'd be cool. I mean, look, if I was directing an episode, I would put myself in every one of them. I'd be the dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be fine with that. Mark follows Jimmy out, and when he's gone, two people in white shirts and sunglasses menacingly turn toward the camera. Okay. Get used to seeing that. In the plane, Jimmy asks if Mark is American. Mark says, yeah. Then Jimmy asks if Mark is from Hollywood or near there. Or has ever even been there. Mark says no to all of that. And Jimmy gives a disappointed. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I love love it. The way that he just like. The way that Mark is just like. No. is really good. I I really like this kid. Yeah. And Jimmy gets more disappointed with every no. (laughs) Jimmy says he's going to Hollywood. To be a movie star. And he gives a pretty unconvincing impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) it's like i'll be back to prove that he's an actor you know he's so good yeah (laughs) and then mark rolls his eyes and it's great yeah (laughs) he's like wow great oh man i would never get into a plane with somebody (laughs) (laughs) just just somebody no i would never not no like a a mini two-person plane oh hell no literally my nightmare never ever 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 Not gonna happen. Suddenly while flying, Jimmy's engine starts stalling. Jimmy tries to play it off like it's no biggie at first, but then he admits that, yeah, they either need to jump out of the plane and hope they land in the water, or they crash and die. Good lord. Mark is surprisingly calm during all this. Mark hears something in his pocket talking, and he pulls out his shrunken head. The thing tells him to say Kalia, so he (laughs) does. He yells, Kalia! And as soon as he does, the engine starts back up again. We cut to later, with the plane having landed in the middle of a random field. Jimmy is acting like they didn't just die, and he hands Mark a sack full of supplies for the camp, including licorice gum, which apparently someone named Dr. Hollings loves. Yeah. Mark asks who Dr. Hollings is, but before he can even finish his sentence, a young girl walks out saying, It's my father. This girl. What's her name? Corinne. 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 Yeah. She is not a good actress. No, she's not. And we've seen her before. I feel like she was better before. Well, I can't. I don't recognize her. I I mean, I feel like I know who she is, but uh, I I can't wait to meet her. So we'll talk about her later in IMDb. Okay, we will. 
Yeah, this girl's name is Kareen, and she seems more interested in the CDs that Jimmy brought her than she is in Mark. Mm-hmm. But Kareen does lead Mark to camp, which is filled with people like at the airport. White shirts and sunglasses, not talking. Weird. Yeah, it's like a cult. Mark thinks that this place is so cool. Kareen goes, oh yeah, fun city. Mark reckons it's better than his boring shithole of a town. But she tells him, let me put it this way. If I even have to look at another fried banana, I will throw myself into the tiger pit. (laughs) This way. Okay. (laughs) It's dramatic. She walks away and Mark goes, they have tigers here? This kid. I want this kid to have gone on to do, like, a really cool things or something, because he's great. Because oh. he, like, looks back, like, fucking Tiger Woods? He looks he around, says, and it's great. He says it the same way that in Jurassic Park, they're like, you have a T-Rex? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you got fried bananas? <laughs> you bred raptors? <laughs> With the pair now out of frame, seemingly everyone in the village turns and looks in their direction all at once. And they all have sunglasses on. Yes, very peculiar. Finally, Mark gets to the main tent. It's full of sciency looking business. Mark sees a woman turned away from him, and he goes, Aunt Benna! The woman turns around, and it's not Aunt Benna, but no. Corrine's mom, who is way too excited to see Mark. Some English bloke. Yeah. She asks him how he likes the place, and Mark tells her, I love it. Now, uh, where's Aunt Benna? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where's fucking Aunt Benna? Come on now. She sidesteps that question and begins to give Mark the tour. But Mark can see through that crap, and he repeats that he wants to see his aunt. I'm getting my Aunt Benna. (laughs) No, you're not. It's then that Kareen's dad walks into the tent and tells him that Benna is missing. What a bombshell. The camera zooms into Mark's face, and then he blinks like three times. (laughs) I love it. What is this? It's such a shot. I love it. He's, oh, man. I just love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Outside the tent, Mark follows Dr. Hollings and asks him why they didn't tell him that she was missing before. Hollings says that they didn't want to worry him unnecessarily. Benna has a habit of going off on her own adventures, but yesterday she went off and hasn't come back. Mm-hmm. He reckons that it's fine, but they're organizing a search party just to be on the safe side. Mark is like, all right, when do we head out? Hauling says, not you. This jungle is far too dangerous for someone who doesn't know their way around. So why did they invite him in the first place? <laughs> they didn't invite him. Benna invited him. And that's why they had to get rid of him. God damn it, Benna. Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> so Mark's response to this is... Yeah, well, you obviously haven't seen my bedroom. Nope. No, he hasn't, Mark. I hope he hasn't. Um... <laughs> But what would that have to do? Like, yeah, he has decorations of a jungle, but like that, that doesn't mean you know your way around this jungle that you've never been to. It's like, I've got zebra striped pillowcases. (laughs) I had a tribal spear, okay? I think I know what I'm talking about. I've got an ant farm. I can handle this. (laughs) I have a computer game where (laughs) you hit buttons. I know what I'm doing. I can yell Kalia. I got this. Dr. Hollings stops and looks, stunned for a second, and Mark says, What? Is there something on me? Yeah. Hollings reaches into Mark's shirt pocket and sniffs out the licorice gum. Yeah, because it smells like shit. (laughs) He whispers, I love licorice. (laughs) Okay, and that's that. 
Yeah. And then he's distracted by some of his cult members dropping some equipment and he walks off. <laughs> Kareen walks up just then and tells Mark that it's going to be okay and that her dad knows the jungle inside and out. Mark looks to the side a little bit and then his vision fades and then suddenly we see Mark walking through the jungle. He sees Aunt Benna in her shades and in her hand she holds a gold medallion which she spins releasing oh some kind of pulse that transports Mark into a giant spider web. Yeah, I think pulse is like three times for some reason, and now he's in a spider web and there's one tarantula. Yeah, he's in a giant spider web with a normal-sized tarantula crawling around. And then we get some kind of close-up <laughs> of a human face on a tarantula head. I don't... What is this, Corey? It's got jacked-up teeth. I don't fucking know what's going on. What is this? <laughs> It's a human-spider hybrid, I guess. It's scarier than everything in Teacher's Pet. <laughs> Definitely. This is, like, Blankenship's dream. This is what he wants to make. He wants to make a little spider with the uh, intelligence of a human being, but also with a human's <laughs> face. It's uh, ridiculous. I don't understand it. But, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter, because <laughs> in two seconds... Mark screams and wakes up in his tent. Yeah, he was just trapped in his mosquito netting the whole time. Yeah. He convinces himself that it was all just a dream. And then his backpack starts glowing and the shrunken head floats out of it and starts flying out of the tent. Mark is just like, man, what is this? <laughs> That's his response. He's just like, oh, you want me to follow you? All right. <laughs> he gets up out of bed. He follows the shrunken head until it goes into the main tent from before with all the science equipment. And he stops in front of a cabin. And it starts staring at Mark like a little puppy. <laughs> he says, you want me to open it? And then the head drops to the ground, inactive again. So Mark does open it. And inside he finds a row of VHS tapes. Yeah. He finds one on its side and he picks that one up. On it is a label that says day 24 to day 29. Right. Luckily, there's a VCR right above, so he pops that bad boy in. It's a VCR television combo. I know. That's fancy, man. In 1998. Mm -hmm. When that picture comes up, it's Aunt Benna. On the video, she says that she's been joined on this research trip by two doctors, Hollings. Yes. I have a question. Yeah. So he picked out the day, like, 29 through 30, whatever. Is that like the first day that the two doctors came then? Because she's kind of like introducing herself yeah, as if she, she hasn't says done like she's just 50 of been these. joined. Okay. All right. So they showed up later and Mark is bored by all this. Like, oh my right God. Away. I love, <laughs> I love forwards. it. I love this. Like he pops this important thing in that this, this trunken head has shown him like <laughs> he pops the video in and he's like, yawn. <laughs> <laughs> Shrunken Head's like, no, you gotta see this. This explains everything. And he's like, Meh, fast forward. Fast forward. Get to the boring. Get through the boring shit. <laughs> get to shit. the credits. <laughs> bark, 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 bark. Yeah. But then he presses play again, and he sees a clip where Mrs. Dr. Hollings is reading notes of Benna's, and she says, what's the deal with these notes that mention a Kahalia? And Benna snaps her notes back up very quickly. Outside, Mark hears Mr. Dr. Hollings approach the research tent. Hollings walks in, dressed in a flowery nightgown, and approaches a radio. He calls out Hollings to point zero, 
Point Zero answers, and Hollings tells him that there's still no side of Benna. He warns that Benna can survive in the jungle indefinitely, which Point Zero admits is a problem. Okay. Hollings mentions that they have her nephew, though, who they claim they can use to find Benna. So this is all, uh... What is going on? Very mysterious, Corwin. Some kind yeah. of, uh, nonsense afoot. I love the part where he's like, yeah, we have this kid, and the guy on the radio is like, oh, a hostage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kill him. <laughs> he's like, no, we prefer to talk of him as a little child thing. Like, <laughs> No, he's a liability. Just kill him. No witnesses. I don't get what's going on. <laughs> Mark is hiding under a table, and he reaches out to snatch the shrunken head, and then runs outside. He immediately bumps into a tall cult member in sunglasses. Oh no. Mark starts explaining the situation and how this guy's boss is up to something, and Mark needs a phone to call the police. The guy doesn't respond for like a second, so Mark starts pounding on his stomach, saying, Hey, are you listening to me? <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. Yeah, I'd be like, Cortland, help me. And then I punch you and be like, come on, help! Why aren't you helping? <laughs> it's happened before. It'll probably never yeah. happen again, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll see. So in response to being punched, the man starts growling like a tiger, and he picks Mark up. Mark yells to be let go, but then from behind him, Dr. Hollings appears and says, I'm afraid you aren't going anywhere. Oh no. Mark attacks the man holding him, knocking off his sunglasses. And now we see the man's eyes, and they are glowing white. Oh, shit. Mark screams, and that's the end of part one. Wow. All right. So nothing really actually happens. It does set up a lot, but I still really enjoyed the episode, gotta say. Super funny. Just these little fun character moments and really nice camera work. Honestly, I think this is the best I've seen from Ron Oliver in this episode. It's good. It's just, it's fun to watch, even if, like you said, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell is up with that tarantula dude, but, like, the the shrunken head floating around, it doesn't look terrible. No. Like, it's alright. It's, it's pretty good green screen. Like, you can tell, um, you know, it's been expanded upon since, um, like, Haunted Mask, for example. Yeah. The only parts where it looks a little weird is when it is walking through the camp, and it's fake night outside, so, like, mm-hmm. Mark is you know, got a blue filter over him, but the shrunken head doesn't really. Yeah. But, you know, it's Aside not from terrible. that, it's good stuff. Yeah, so, pretty decent episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to and part a two. Lot of a lot of hooks to get you interested in seeing what happens in part two. Well, we're going to save the, the moral and alternate titles for the next part. Yeah. So, we'll just talk about the cast now. Okay. What a cast. So, Cortland... You wanted to see great things from Mark. I did, yeah. Mark is played by Daniel Clark, who has 21 credits on IMDb. So, he's done some things. Yeah. We've actually seen him before. He looked a little bit familiar. So, Daniel played Max on The Tale of Oblivion. Yeah, and he was good in that episode, too. He was. He was a shit in that episode. (laughs) He did. He did erase his sister's underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is actually his first role, which... Interesting, okay. We probably talked about when we talked about Oblivion. 
Yeah, because he was also in Erie, Indiana, the other dimension. So for a little while there, he was in like kids horror stuff. Yeah, that was his niche. I like him. He's a good guy. All right. Well, next we'll talk about Mom, the MVP of the episode, actually. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) And Mom is played by Barbara Radecki. She has 45 credits on IMDb. Mm -hmm. She's pretty damn good. And her career started in 1987, a TV series called Check It Out. She was also in the 80s version of The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. She does voice acting for Sailor Moon. Yeah. Sailor she, Neptune. She did Sailor Neptune. And then later on, she also did Serena's Mom. Oh, that sounds wrong. Yeah, she did Serena's Mom. Very cool. Awesome. I like Sailor Her most Neptune. recent role, however, was in 2012. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's a while ago. Get back at it, Miss Barbara. You can do it, Mom. <laughs> we believe in you. Next, I'm going to talk about Jimmy. Okay. He was only in, like, two minutes of this episode, but what a character. Yeah. He's played by George Chang. And George has 34 credits on IMDb. His first role was in 1996, a little TV show called Forever Night. Never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) He was in Psy Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. He was in Eloise at the Plaza. (gasps) My favorite movie. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and his most no, recent so well. role was in 2019 <laughs> something called five thousand years of heroes cool okay next kareen is played by becky lantos and we've seen her before as well because she played margaret in the goosebumps episode stay out of the basement yeah she looks quite a bit well i mean she's older of course because it was two years later but her hairstyle is way different like in yeah. um and stay out of the basement, she had kind of like brunette, you know, shoulder length hair. It's been cut off completely and it has been dyed blonde and it looks very 90s, very 90s, like yeah. early 2000s style hair. She looks almost unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought for a second she was Lucy because uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, her acting didn't get any better. No, I'm she's actually quite worse in this episode <laughs> than she was in um, stay out of the basement. Probably mention Aunt Ben in next episode. Yeah. What about, you want to talk about Dr. Caroline Richards? I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Richards. Hollings? The Hollings, yeah. Uh, I'll save them for next episode, too. I, I assume that they'll be in the next episode, so we could just talk about them then. So we could pad yeah. out that episode a little more. Yeah, because we'll, it'll need it. Um. <laughs> all right. So that's, I mean, that's the cast. That's most of the cast of this part. There's a part two, and we'll talk about some other people next week. Okay. Cortland, where do you think the story goes from here? Well, I'm quite excited to see where the story is going to go, because I don't know what the hell is happening. Um, <laughs> one of my really big questions is, like, if the shrunken head is good or not, because I feel like it's good. You know, it's it helped him not die in a plane crash. Yeah, it, it literally him, like, saved his life. So I assume that the shrunken head is going to be, like, a good thing. The Kalia word for the, it's going to come up again for sure. I think it's going to be like a magic word for some sort of like, I don't know, religious cult or something. The guys with the sunglasses on, I, I feel like they're going to be zombies of in voodoo, voodoo kind of zombies. Um, I assume that he's going to meet up with Benna soon. Like, I think he's going to get away from these, these guys pretty quickly into part two and like escape into the jungle and then find Benna. Yeah. But I don't know what is going to happen, you know? I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Because I haven't seen it. They're probably all aliens. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Or they're all like, <laughs> you know, worms. Yeah. <laughs> God, Arlstein would love to just end every story with, and then they they were all worms. wasn't Wasn't the bad guys in Animorphs worms? Did Did Arlstein write Animorphs? He wishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I really liked part one. I think part two is going to be great too. Maybe we'll get some like nice scenery of the jungle. Hopefully, it's not all at night though, so we get to actually see all of it. Oh, it won't be. I mean, by night, I mean fake night, but you know, whatever. Yeah, they know they can't get away with <laughs> too much nighttime. We liked this episode more than most people, I think. It's oh, got a right. pretty low IMDb rating, which, you know, is always wrong anyway, but... Mm, 6.3 um, out of 10. Yeah, that's not Ooh. great. <laughs> Part 2 has a lower score. <laughs> 6.2. Which means it'll be even better. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be yeah. fun. All right. Well, we'll talk about that next week. All right. This I've been up all night. Yet. <laughs> I'll see you next week for part two of how I got my shrunken head, even though we already know the answer. Yeah, we found out the answer three minutes in, but that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Whatever. All right. I'll talk to you next Bye, week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, well, you obviously haven't seen my bedroom.